We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Guilty as Charged podcast. Day three of training camp for the Chargers is wrapped up and over with. We It's Friday, uh, week gets almost over. I uh, can't wait to get to the weekend where they have like that back together again practice or whatever it is where all the national media people show up. Can't wait for that. No injury update things today. Really no depth chart changes as well. It's about the same as it's been the last couple of days. So I won't get into that. I'm really just going to get into kind of with the standout moments some of the plays that I saw, that sort of stuff um, from today. And then tomorrow we're going to have our, well, I'll have a recap, I think, or we're going to all be together and do our full pod, but that'll be tomorrow. And uh, so look forward to that. So this will be the last short recap, I think, of the week. Tomorrow will be the full pod episode where I will recap tomorrow, but we'll also just look at the week as a whole. Okay, let's get into it. And the first thing I want to point out is really just fan attendance. It's great. I think the fan attendance has been really, really good so far. It's hard to judge and gauge exactly how it was before because last year we're still in the middle of our pandemic. 2020, we weren't allowed to be there. So we really haven't had a normal training camp since 2019. And I maybe went to one or two of those. Um, but today was really, really packed. A really, really good chunk of fans here, especially for you know a, a random Friday, non-padded practice, Cowboys aren't in town, that sort of thing. So I was really, really pleasantly surprised to see this many Chargers fans here on a you know what was kind of a hot day on a Friday morning. I also got a shout out Corey. I met him and I believe his friends were behind him as well. Uh, Corey, fan of the podcast. I believe he's also following me on Twitter. Uh, if you don't hear this and you're only on Twitter, I apologize, but I had to shout you out anyway. Anyways, yeah, great turnout for Chargers fans. All right, so the first thing I want to point out is what I think they might be doing moving forward in, tr in training camp and kind of a pattern that I've noticed. So yesterday they ran an end around with uh, DeAndre Carter in their 11 on 11 or 7 on 7 warmups, which I mean, helmetless, not really doing anything, just basic warmups. They ran that. Then at the end of practice, when they decided to, you know, go full on the 11 on 11, granted not in pads, they ran the exact same play again. Today in those warmups, they ran, but I have displayed here on the screen, um, but for the audio audience, it was, uh, they were lined up in trips left. It was a screen to Keenan Allen, which we've, you know, we saw them do quite a bit last year. Um, but this time, also, they had Gerald Everett in front. I believe it was Josh Palmer in front as well of, of Keenan Allen. And it set it up as a screen. But instead of just you know carrying forward with the screen, Allen actually threw it back across the field to Austin Eckler. Um, the one I saw in the warmups was kind of more like Eckler was running forward and down the field. 
Um, they did run this later in practice and the actual, you know, live 11 on 11s. Um, and Eckler, I think, was more just waiting, you know, across from from uh, Keenan Allen rather than more so running downfield. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> Keenan Allen threw it in the dirt about five yards short of Austin Eckler. <laughs> so it didn't really work out. But it seems like they're trying to run one trick play or so per practice. You know, they're going to try it in warmups just to kind of walk through it. And then they're going to try it in one live setting. Um, when they did it in warmups, it you know it worked. <laughs> Um, but in the 11 on 11s, it did not work. That said, it did fool the defense. Like the defense was completely going the opposite direction when they threw it back to, to Austin Eckler to the right. Uh, nobody was around. And I believe Zion and I'm assuming Storm Norton or Trey Pipkins were right in front of Eckler to, I mean, Eckler would have been gone. That would have been, if not a touchdown, a 30, 40 yard uh, reception for Austin Eckler. So really, really good play there. They have involved Keenan Allen with throwing before. Um, we saw that trick play against the Bengals with a two-point conversion, where I think it was like the Philly special where they threw it to Justin Herbert against the Chiefs. The the second game, he threw it to Mike Williams, although that one came up short. So maybe Allen isn't the the best thrower of the football, um, but they are trying to get him involved in that. And I like to see that. So I'm gonna look for this moving forward. This pattern of there's a trick play that they warm up with and they try it again in the 11 and 11s. Yesterday it was DeAndre Carter, um, an end around. Today it was the the fake screen. And then toss back to Austin Eckler. So I like that. Uh, drops today were a problem. They weren't really a problem before. If there were any drops the last couple of days, it was, you know, one drop here. Or, you know, maybe there's a contested catch and, you know, Guyton didn't come down with it or whatever. But it really wasn't notable. Today, it definitely was. When they opened the seven-on-sevens in, like, the second half of the uh, the practice, there was, you know, Palmer dropped a pass. Uh, Eckler dropped a pass. And Palmer and Eckler, they were, like, in particular... Wide open, untouched, but, but I guess maybe it's a good thing. But they they were, they were unopposed. It wasn't contested, and they just flat out dropped it. Eckler was, I don't recall, but it was like in the flat or something. It was very short, you know, over the middle or something. Um, Palmer slightly further down the field, but again, easy drop, easy drop. And then Parham, it was a bit more contested versus Bryce Callahan, but he's six nine. <laughs> it was it was clearly in a position down the sideline where he could get to it, and he should have. And his hands were on the ball. He just couldn't come down with it. And I, I do consider that a drop more than like a contested drop, if you will, or, you know, contested catch that he dropped. So do I think their drops are back and it's a problem? No, it's it's one day it happens and nobody did it more than once. But in the span of about five minutes, we saw Parham, Eckler and Palmer all drop a pass. Um, and that wasn't great. So, you know, Herbert was looking fine. You know, the ball was slightly behind Palmer on that throw. But they were all getting to there. He was making the right reads. You know, um, Donald Parham was in the slot. Bryce Callahan was covering him. Uh, Palmer, or excuse me, Parham down the field. Great decision. Throw to him one-on-one. He had it. Right decision. Just didn't work out. So Herbert's making the right decisions. I don't think he's throwing it too hard. I think it was all catchable. And these guys just dropped it. So we'll see if that changes or is, is better or worse moving forward. JT Woods. So I know people have been asking about JT Woods. And frankly, it's, it's not the easiest thing to see him um a i'm a ball watcher as is b you know i'm trying to watch maybe the trenches the edge rushers linebackers whatever and so safety is like you know especially jt woods who's more the free safety he doesn't really get a ton of action so i don't really key in on him as much but he was flying all over today and i wasn't even necessarily trying to key in on jt woods i wasn't trying to watch him and and see what he was doing in particular and how he reacted to things. I was kind of just soaking in each play. 
And at the end of at least three plays, it was, you know, a dump off here, a dump off there, a screen here. And JT Woods was there to clean up for like a maximum gain of like three yards, maybe five at best, um, each one. And it was that sideline, the other sideline. He was moving all over and you could really just see the instincts and the range and the speed all show off. Now, if that was never the problem, right? JT Woods, the issue was more connecting and making the tackle once he gets there. But it's really good to see and really encouraging to see that what we thought he was good at on film, and it was very obvious that he was, that's translating so far, at least today. Like today, I just noticed that JT Woods was everywhere, and that's fantastic. Still not the safety three. That's by far and away Alohi Gilman so far. Uh, but it's nice to see JT Woods get those reps and those mental reps and really show off what he can do both mentally and physically. Bryce Callahan, um, arguably the best DB in camp so far. He's looked great as is. Yesterday, he had his own tipped pass over the middle. I believe it was covering Mike Williams. Today, there was a pass over the middle to DeAndre Carter, and he tips that one in the air over the middle. Uh, and then Michael Davis gets a pick six. He's been really, really good so far. Bryce Callahan, it's never really been a question about talent or ability or you know what he can do on the field. It's just staying on the field. Uh, but Bryce Callen has been has been really, really good. And for this to be your post-draft signing and for him to look like the best DB on the field, where DBs are really the story of training camp so far, that says a lot. Bryce Callahan is looking fantastic. And just to have that over the middle, you know, tip passes to create interceptions. And I mean, geez, you know, tip pass and it goes to JT Woods, who runs his 4-3 the other direction. Like that's <laughs> that sounds good to me. It's a really, really good setup so far with Bryce Callahan. They also, I don't have this down here um, written on the Google slides. They ran all nickel today. If they ran any base 3-4, I must have missed it. It felt like they were running 4-2-5 the entire day today. And the starting four was Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Austin Johnson. Um, and then they would rotate edge, of course, or they would keep the same edges. And the two that would come in are Morgan Fox and Jerry Tillery. So I guess in terms of depth chart, maybe that's something. Um, but in their in what really will be their base in their four, you know, their nickel defense, their four two five, it's definitely going to be Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Mac Bosa as your front four, then Kyle Van Noy and usually Drew Tranquil as your two linebackers, then of course your five DBs with Callahan. And I'm not taking Callahan out off the field. Right now, Callahan's performing incredibly. He's making plays. He's gonna be huge for this defense if he keeps it up. Uh, a couple I don't know why this is left justified. I think I had more plans for this than I left on here. Um, but overall, pass breakups have been just there's been so many pass breakups and I was talking to somebody on Twitter. Maybe when you put on pads, these receivers will come down, you know, with more, maybe right now DBs are just, you know, they're kind of letting DBs knock the ball out and they're not really, you know, going for the contested catch as much or as hard, but it really seems like the DBs are absolutely here and they are hungry and they are fighting and they are fast and they are physical. The DBs have been outstanding. Um, I, I tweeted here, you know, the DBs have more pass broken up, passes broken up and interceptions. Uh, this week, then Rivers has kids, and it feels like it. Every time you watch practice, and I, I talked to you know Corey, who I just mentioned, after practice, five, six, seven pass breakups per practice. It feels like, and it's not just one guy. You know, yesterday it was you know Ja Taylor was doing it, Dean Leonard was doing it, Dean Leonard the day before that was doing that as well. You know, it was Raheem Lane today. Mark Webb had an interception today on Chase Daniel, Bryce Callahan again. Um, everybody is getting involved. Asante Samuel Jr who was covering Mike Williams, I believe, on a corner route, had no business winning, but he did. He knocked that ball out. And, you know, Williams could have caught it, but Asante Samuel Jr. was more physical. He made the play. That's just who he is. But we love seeing that. Like, there's not really more of a mismatch in the NFL, or at least certainly in practice, 
than Asante Samuel Jr. versus Mike Williams. Like, other, I, I should say, there is Donald Parham. But in terms of wide receivers, that's the toughest matchup that Asante Samuel Jr. could really draw. And when there's a you know sideline, corner, contested catch situation, for him to beat Mike Williams, that's huge. Again, no pads. Things might change. I do think, you know, out of 100 times, Mike Williams would probably win those more often than not. But for Asante Samuel Jr. to win like he did today is fantastic. All right, I'll close things out with just some standout moments. Um, I did tweet all of these, better known everybody, everybody's on Twitter. Uh, Braden Fajoko, another big play, absorbs the double team, gets a tackle for loss or a run stop. Couldn't tell you exactly what it was, but it certainly wasn't a big gain, if it even was a gain. Um, he had that big tackle for loss for sure on day one. Does it again here, splitting a double team or absorbing a double team, I should say. That's huge. Um, Cole Christiansen had a run stop. I didn't see who he beat, but he was flying through the middle um, and got a great run stop. Jason Moore Jr. continues to impress. He's always impressed in training camp in the preseason. It's kind of been a running joke at this point where, you know, he gets three, four, five, you know, receptions in a, in a training camp and he gets, you know, three, four receptions in a game or something. And he just never makes the team or something. He's just, he's just always the guy who doesn't officially make the 53 man roster or is always on the bubble. You know, the guy's bouncing between active and practice squad or whatever. But again, he made three or four catches today and in a day where, you know, some guys were dropping a pass. It's nice to see that Jason Moore was catching everything. Uh, Jalen Guyton, much better bounce back moments. I think I said yesterday with Arjun that it just felt like the quarterbacks weren't really connecting with the wide receivers and in particular Jalen Guyton. And, you know, Guyton, he's not a big person. He's not even the fastest. He's the fastest on the team, but he's not like a super burner. You know, he's not a crazy contested catch guy. So it does require, he does require a better, more perfect pass than someone like a Josh Palmer when it comes down, you know, to sideline passes or whatever. Same thing with Mike Williams. Jalen Guyton kind of requires that perfect pass. So the last couple of days, you know, you see Dean Leonard breaking up a pass to Jalen Guyton, but Guyton had to slow down and come back for it. And then Leonard broke up the pass, which is great, but it wasn't really doing Guyton a full, you know, service because he's, he was ahead. He did have a stride and it didn't work out. Same thing against JT Woods um, yesterday, right? He had a step on JT Woods, but the ball just couldn't get to him. Today, finally, the ball does get to him perfectly. A great ball from Chase Daniel. Um, and it was just a good 30-yard reception down the sideline over Dean Leonard. So it just kind of shows you that he does kind of need the quarterback to help him out. But if the ball does get to where it needs to be, he can make the play. Um, Isaiah Spiller, he was active today. Um, obviously, uh, kind of a standout so far in terms of the, the, the pass-catching game. In the passing game uh, wheel route today nasir adderley would have absolutely smoked him if it were in pads but he was from the backfield out down the sideline catching a pass wheel route love to see that kyle van noy had a pass break on the flat i don't think that play was going anywhere anyway it almost seemed like a throwaway but van noy did have his hand up he did break up the pass that's great there was a great pass from herbert to allen splitting the two safeties i'm um, splitting i don't think james was in at that point so i'm assuming it was adderley and gilman but right down the middle, a good 20, 25-yard pass to Keenan Allen. Just beautiful. And on a rope, everyone was just fluttering about Justin Herbert in that pass. Um, but then I did see Isaac Weaver, I think, flatten Forrest Merrill today. It's difficult to tell because there's so much going on. And with the side of the angle that I have, it's very hard to see what's going on. Um, if you have like all 22, you can tell, you know, did he trip, did he not? So I do want to say possibly because maybe Merrill tripped. Maybe Jamari Salyer, who was there as well, maybe he, you know, helped. Isaac Weaver, but I will say that's a good standout moment for Isaac Weaver. 
Okay, that's it. Uh, so tomorrow we are going to be going live at I think one o'clock after the practice. So I'll you know go to practice, give you live updates, come home, you know, try to gather my thoughts, and then we'll do our main show at one o'clock tomorrow. I don't think then that I'll do a you know a short recap for you guys. So just look for the main show and we'll be there. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening, watching, following along. Again, Corey shout you out thanks for saying hi today thank you everyone on twitter for saying happy birthday as well i appreciate that um i'm 27 now whatever that means but i guess it's a good year for 27s especially if you're one jc jackson all right guys if i don't see you take care until next time bye bye It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com